What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Heart Guy Media. Uh, today, we had to call. We didn't have anything planned, I don't think, anyway. But we called uh, a, a would-be audible. Um, we have to pay honor and tribute to Sire Records founder, uh, Seymour Stein, who sadly passed away at 80 years old due to cancer. Um, and this is an important gentleman for many reasons. Um, and there is only, uh, one person I could think that I could have, uh, this particular dialogue with, uh, a fellow Sire Records fanboy. Um, yeah, there's just so much to cover, so much to talk about with Sire Records and Seymour Stein, but please welcome, uh, after, I can't remember the last time you were on Lou, but Mr. Lou Smith of Burger Creek Productions, uh, 450 fucking amazing awesome bands that he's been in over the course of his uh course of his uh punk rock tenure but uh lou welcome back my brother uh sire records fanboy i you know i've i've never heard that before but i gotta say i fucking love it so thank you for having me back um this is this is momentous man for we're talking for a good reason but under the worst possible conditions, right. somebody who isn't so fucking uh, structured, you know, talk about important to the music industry at large, especially for the shit that, that really helped shape us, you know, passed away. So, you know, I, I wouldn't miss the opportunity to be able to drone on and on uh, with you about the importance of this uh, of this fellow. So thank you for having me. Dude, of course, you and I have I mean, we have been uh, disciples of the Sire Records catalog. Uh, and uh, as it were, Seymour Stein and mm-hmm. just the, the acts that he signed and was w- was behind, you know, giving to the mainstream. I mean, we I mean, wh- where the fuck do you even start? I don't know. The dude, you know, he, he co-founded Sire Records. I'm not sure who the fuck else was founded with him because I've only heard his name mentioned. I know his wife, Linda. Um, yeah obviously heavily heavily involved as well um but he ended up you know he was the co-founder of sire records and he was the vice president of warner brothers uh but he signed i mean he is you could arguably say he is responsible for the bang of new wave bands um mm-hmm. and even i mean without hesitation like we need to first say the first band associated with him while not his most successful signing, I think, in my opinion, and I know yours is most influential, the Ramones, of course. 100, uh, 150%. And, you know, what, what I found interesting, I'll kind of like go into this initially. So there was, there was a, uh, he was honored at like the 20, uh, 2012, like billboard industry icon, whether it was an award ceremony, but they, they had put together like a nice little, uh, video for him. And it's funny you mentioned Linda in particular, his wife, um, because he Seymour had, had shared this like uh, story and it was followed by a, a video interview with uh, with Tommy Eldorati, obviously Tommy Ramone that we know. Um, but he had said, quote, the Ramones, I heard of them from people who I valued and trusted, but I was always away. I couldn't hear them. And I asked my wife to go down there. And she said, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So then the video is then ports over to Tommy who said, 
The following week, we set up an audition for him where it was just the Ramones and him. We played our set and we had a recording contract. And it's very interesting to me to have somebody who I don't even want to say that trusted their spouse. But when you have somebody who literally is charged with finding talent that you're going to A, expose to the masses, B, try and make a little money off of, but perpetuate their career in a, in a forward trajectory. And you're doing that not just as yourself. You're trusting your wife as a proxy who understands music. She went on later to, to have her hand in managing the Ramones as well. Like it, it, that is just such an insane dichotomy at that point in time in history in general. You got to think mid seventies, you know, this isn't like today where it's like, you know, obviously we've shifted out of a lot of, in, in some ways, I'm not saying across the board, but we shifted kind of from, we're shifting away from the male dominated aspects of Titans of industry type shit, right? Equality is, is coming up to the surface. I find that fascinating that his wife was the one who was like, you need to check this out. He's been hearing it from other people, but his wife was the one that's like, yeah, there's something here. You got to make that happen. Fucking incredible, dude. Yeah, he obviously trusted her taste. And I mean, you need to like, I I love Bridget to death, but I wouldn't trust her taste. We connect. <laughs> listen, we connect. We connect on some some bands, but Bridget truly only listens to like five bands. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I don't very know similar. I just very similar with Hannah. So it's like I'm in the same boat with you. <laughs> I'm yeah, very much. I don't, in the I don't same know boat. if we could trust the way Seymour did. But yeah, he signs them. In 75, I mean, he signs, you know, and this is, you know, this is is important to mention his wife, who sadly was murdered murdered in 2007 by what would end up being a former assistant. Um, So uh, obviously, uh, RIP to her, but, uh, you know, Talking Heads, mm-hmm. Richard Hell and the Voivods, The Pretenders, uh, Depeche Mode, The mm-hmm. Uh, the replacement, dead boys. the dead boys, the Smiths, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the most influential bands of all time, albeit they were only around for fucking four and a half years or whatever. The Cure, Ice T, Ministry, Echo and the Bunnymen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fucking crazy. And without a doubt, his biggest and most successful, uh, you know, roster slot belonged to the legendary Madonna. I mean, yeah. he, to 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 have that kind of list to just say talking heads, Depeche Mode, Smiths, Ramones, Madonna is fucking insane. Not to mention all the other bands he signed. In so, artists. It's it's insane. It's an insane roster an insane influence. So so here I, I'm, I'm glad you bring I'm glad you kind of went through that roster list. And because I had made some notes when, when I was prepping for this and I wanted to ask you. So, okay, out of those folks, I'm, I'm going to hand select a couple of those. All right. So you have the Smiths that obviously opened up the avenue in a huge way to the U.S., right, and North American audiences, right? So you have Smith to the U.S. market. We'll just say for the sake of this, you know, conversation, Madonna to the pop world, pop music uh, community at large, Ramones, obviously, again, to the rock and roll community at large. And we'll say talking heads to more of the, the alternative art students, kind of the weirdos, obviously then paving their way into like commercial success and radio success as well. But I wanted to ask you, like of those four, who made the biggest impact in the long run 
in your opinion, between those four bands? Because those are pill in my, in, in, I'm sure we're similar in a lot of ways, but in a, those are four pillars of, of music right there. The Smiths, Madonna, Ramones, and Talking Heads in their own right. I'm they, biased. I'm biased. I know, I know you're biased. I'm biased too, but I was just curious because I think there's, there's some talking points that you could lobby in certain directions for each one of those groups. I would say in a rock sense, Ramones. In a pop sense, Madonna. You could argue mm-hmm. that Madonna is obviously the most successful. She's still fucking going. Um, but listen, it's, I mean, a gigantic people like I really, truly think people forget how fucking huge Madonna was mm-hmm. and still is fucking the biggest female pop star. I mean, this goes without saying, you know, without Pat Benatar, I, I in like maybe even you could. I think you can make a case for heart. I don't know. If, I don't know if them breaking down the doors. I mean, you could even go a little further and say, you know, uh, Christine V and Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac and even uh, maybe some other artists as well. Like m- maybe if they don't kick the door down for some of the rock and pop rock that they were doing, maybe Madonna doesn't get her chance. But I mean, Madonna is was so fucking huge in the 80s. And I think people forget that. And and yes, I was born in 88, so I wasn't fucking there to know. But I literally have no fucking life outside of music and movies. And I fucking grew up just like obsessed with Madonna, even at a young age. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, erections aside, I was obsessed with the music. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, her influence is fucking like Madonna is like a fucking you want to talk about having pronouns? Listen, mm-hmm. Madonna's a fucking verb, a fucking pronoun. It's fucking every like she, it was a fucking style when you said Madonna. Like Madonna is, it is fucking beyond Urban Dictionary of like style and influence. It is insane. One that she's still going. I mean, and and obviously, I have my my opinions and thoughts about what she does now, um, but. Going, we're going back to the sire record years, you know. Mm-hmm. We're going back to those first four to five records, especially. Um, and even you know, beyond that, you when you get into erotica and and shit, but her influence and her be able to reinvent it, you know, that was all put on the map by Seymour Stein mm-hmm. by Sire Records. And to think that Madonna was on the same label, I mean, obviously, it ended up being a parent company of uh or uh, under the parent company of Warner, but, mm. um, you know, Madonna, Depeche Mode, The Smiths, The Cure, you're talking like the biggest fucking, like, you know, the biggest pop bands um, of the 80s. And maybe not The Smiths, not over in the U.S., but the influence that it gave. The influence. The um, but Madonna is probably, you know, what, I mean, that's what it said. I, I literally went on like Syracuse.com and and the like celebrity obituaries. It said, you know, uh, Sire Records owner known for signing Madonna. So that's probably to the everyday person. That's the immediate go to is like, hey, this guy fucking signed Madonna um, and gave her her fucking start. But when you talk Ramones, there's nothing I don't get. I will fucking fist fight fucking thumb wrestle anybody 
that can try to tell me that there's a more important. And this is my opinion and you can, people can fucking take it or leave it, but everyone thinks their opinions, right? And mine just happens to be right. The Ramones <laughs> are the greatest fucking American band of all fucking time. Mm-hmm. And it is literally the Ramones are the epitome of working the, the American working class because they were a working class band that toured in a fucking van their entire fucking career and hated each other. Well, you know, you know, for within, you know, the realm for all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, not like each other, but had to work together. If that's not the fucking epitome of being an American working a fucking job, if you want to, you know, to make fucking money and slaving away and fucking working with people you don't like, I mean, granted they're playing music. So ultimately, you know, how how upset can you be? But obviously they put a lot of, they put a lot of money or a lot of time, a lot of effort and blood, sweat and tears and all that. So you talk influence like I, and listen, I fucking just revered Madonna. But, dude, they weren't. I remember Starbucks 2000 fucking seven walking into a Starbucks. They were selling Ramones shirts and CDs at the Starbucks. I've never That's seen insane. a Madonna CD or shirt at a Starbucks. I've never seen, uh, you know, Madonna doesn't have a recognizable logo. Mm-hmm. No, that presidential seal and the Ramones fucking logo is, you know, is one of the most identifiable. It's, you know, obviously bands big and large have ripped it off and and, you know, had it as like a tribute to the band. But I don't think a band is influenced I'm talking about a band that started like Madonna didn't Madonna kind of definitely did her own thing. But the Ramones started a fucking genre that spawned hardcore hardcore spawned fucking metalcore because metal and hardcore kids and you know you could you know punk turned to thrash thrash turned to metal and then all the kids that like are like hey i like thrash that's like mixing punk and metal what if we mixed uh hard uh, you know what about hardcore and then we mix hardcore and metal and then we get metalcore and it all like when you talk like fucking like even metalcore like i will fucking revert it back to the ramones so i mean what's your answer i mean it's hard to not say it's not the ramones right oh 100 and and i think the one of the things that you would point out that i find interesting i I think it it divides at, at a very very simple point you have someone like madonna who from a pop culture perspective has impacted the 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 whatever the consumers People who are into art, people who don't listen to music, people who go to clubs, people who make music, they've influenced the world. She's influenced the world at large. Her brand has influenced the world at large in that sense. Right. The Ramones have kickstarted hundreds of thousands, not just genres, bands. True. Bands. And I think that that to me, is is what makes the answer Ramones every single time undoubtedly because the course of music history in terms of people like you and I sitting down listening to the first fucking record hearing I don't want to go down the basement for the first fucking time hearing Havana you know like hearing those things off those first few records where it's like I could do this I could do this and this is fun and it sounds good it's attainable it's tangible and it's aggressive what the fuck is this 
I love the work that went into Madonna's stuff. John B. Benitez was fucking obviously instrumental in, in changing those first original demos into what we heard in the first record. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had continued to work with, with her throughout her career amongst other artists. But um, she, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, Madonna is, that's the commodity. Madonna. It's a person. Yes, there are people associated with Madonna, but at its core, it's a brand of a person. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you have Ramones, it spans decades, not unlike Madonna. But the the impact on fellow artists or more importantly, in my opinion, future artists, musicians, that to me, that's why it's Ramones every time, because of the, the sheer amount of bands that either made it or didn't make it doesn't matter. Making it is fucking subjective. People have different definitions of that. But even on a commercial scale, how many fucking bands when Green Day was going through and their name dropping, it's like Ramon, Screeching Weasel, like they all have their bands that influence them. And now they're they're on fucking MTV and they're getting these accolades. Like, what did you listen to? Motorhead, fucking, you know, Ramones, you know, they're, they're name dropping all these bands where it's like, well, no shit. It's just funny to see, you know, Dexter Holland on MTV with his goddamn frosted tips specifically citing Ramones to a bunch of people who are like, is that a car company? What the fuck? What are you talking about? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's fascinating to me that by and large, it's not limited. It's not limited to just successful people. And I'm not saying that Madonna is, but when I said like Madonna is, is great because it appeals to the fans like you and I, and also people who just don't give a fuck. They like popular music and that's it. They don't dig further. So the reach is much different than the Ramones, but as far as the ever the long lasting impact from a musical perspective, I think Ramones it it, it Ramones take it every time, no matter how you fucking spin it. It's, it's, it's just it it's that's funny. My too. That's my answer. It's funny too because we talk Madonna or Ramones. Madonna by far the best selling artist ever signed sure. to Sire Records. And mm-hmm. all of all the bands we mentioned, one hundred percent, the Ramones probably the least selling band of all the all the men which is which is which is insane to me because again even okay let's say for the sake of this conversation let's say you tie in okay you tie in smiths again not an extremely long-lived band but as far as their fucking impact monumental monumental huge you you mentioned depeche Mode, still fucking putting out music when it comes out arenas selling out arenas it in still being defining as as far as like the electronic dance you know music is concerned elements of goth pop whatever but fucking synth music at its core electronic music at its core again huge they they're another one that's up there as far as like units sold like records sold obviously they don't surpass fucking madonna but from a global perspective they are leagues ahead even though even though ramones have a global presence depeche mode is slightly different because again depeche mode also has that like well you can sit down and listen to strange love or personal jesus and not go and and listen to precious for example if it's like oh we need a more recent fucking example with depeche mode song the point is there are going to be people who don't actively listen to every single song in the catalog, every single record. They're just casual listeners and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I like that Depeche Mode song. I recognize that for what it is. So it's like, I don't know, even with that being said, despite sales, which you and I know to some degree is, is not it's not necessarily an indicator of fucking success. But even with those other bands that that had that 
that had the trajectory that still are are fucking writing and putting out music. They're still releasing records. They're still repressing shit. Like that to me, at the end of the day, Ramones are are always going to surpass them. Like in in every category when it comes to lasting impact and legacy. I think that's what it comes to legacy. Seymour Stein's legacy, in my opinion, is predicated upon the fact that it's like this person. This is my hot take. Seymour Stein in in so many ways that we've talked about shit that we're not going to get to in this fucking discussion. He has single-handedly impacted the course of pop music, rock music, alternative music eh, forever. Even, even, even in some ways, like you could argue the hip hop angle with like ice T, but like, regardless, he has had, he has had his hands and he's impacted the course of those genres and subgenres of music forever. And no one's going to be able to fucking replicate that in my opinion, ever. Because again, you have people even now, bands even now that are coming up through recently signed bands that are like, oh yeah, well, no shit. Yeah, every I listen to Ramones. That's what I grew up listening to. Of course. I grew up listening to fucking, you know, the Smiths. It's painfully obvious, like that I'm in all these fuzz college radio rock bands. No shit, they listen to the fucking Smiths and Joy Division and the Cure and fucking whatever. You know, like it's just it's it's crazy to me. Not that Joy Division was in there, but it's still that same collective of like you know, college, alternative college kids, angsty college kids, you know, making their college, you know, college rock, fuzz rock shit. But, um, but yeah, that's my hot take on there. Sorry to go on a little bit of a tangent when it comes to that shit, but no, no, uh, this is what we're all about. In 1966, you know, Seymour Stein founds the label and, uh, with, uh, Richard, uh, got her. That was the, the co-founder's okay. name uh and he's an american songwriter recording artist um and uh i'm not i'm not gonna lie i'm not super familiar uh i just know i only know the name because he produced the go-go's record and uh and did dr feelgood i think and that's all that i was familiar oh. with him by uh, the English band, the English band, not not Dr. Phil, the crew record, but uh, the Go-Go's the Go-Go's Go first record he did. And that's that's only reason I knew his name. Um, but obviously, Seymour was the face of mm-hmm. of the label. Um, but, you know, when. When you find when you find the Ramones and you kick that off. And you're able to just kind of keep curating like perfect artists, you know, you sign like the Ramones and Dead Boys and then you find Talking Heads and you find Madonna, Soft Cell, Pesh Mode, Cure, Echo and the Bunnymen. Like these are all bands like the more I think about it, I am such like that term. Like, I mean, people can take it or leave it with a term of new wave, but like I am such a product of that. Like, oh, yeah like i that this the sire records logo is so like it is so like iconic to me just because i have so many cds and so many records mm-hmm. that have that logo because you know what this all his ability to find these artists and even to go even further he put out they put out the fucking seal first seal records that's crazy like they put out the first fucking seal records. They put out Ice T. Mm-hmm. Ice T was on Ice T, Madonna, and the Ramones were all on Sire. If there's and you can say whatever you want about Madonna, obviously she was the biggest artist in the world at one point. And but I mean, Madonna had she was pop, but she fit into that new wave 
like niche. Oh, especially the first record, dude. Especially 100%. the first record, hundred percent. And just for like Ice T to be on that label with them, and like Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if Ministry was on there for any of the other records. I obviously the first Ministry record was a fucking new wave record. Yeah, um, with sympathy, with uh, sympathy is a new wave record. <laughs> Yeah, and that was on Arista, actually. That wasn't even on Sire. I don't even know when they signed to Sire then. The next they, album. Yeah, the second the second record. Um, Twitch. Twitch, yep, yep. Which is like when it's like, hey, we're abandoning our, our kitschy new wave sound and going a little harder on this yeah. one. Um, so you got a, a band that was a new wave band that turned into an industrial band, and you have an, a rapper, you have a punk rock artist, you have punk rock artists, you have literally... New, you have new wave artists. You have the biggest pop star in the world. Like, it's so crazy. Like that, a record label. And I honestly think, like, to the average person, like, they're not really cognizant of how important this label truly was to the late seventy, mid to late seventies, early eighties, and beyond. Like, they put out mm-hmm. the fucking Seal records. They put out fucking the second Seal record. They had fucking Kiss from a Rose. You know, how fucking big Kiss from a Rose was. That's I mean, gnarly. that was released like on a couple different labels throughout, you know, for distribution. Yeah, for, distro for, purposes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's fuck. That's fucking insane. It is well, that's insane. that's that's why I, I go back to that point where it's like, I don't think. All right. You whatever. You can go as far back and be like, well, technically, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, you know, the manager of the Beatles and blah, blah. And it's like, no, no, I'm talking. I'm talking currently right now in, in a, a label that an individual who discovered these folks and put them on a label, released their music, if not their entire discography, a number of important releases that you use the term like curated, right? This roster. Um, I don't know as if I can think of anybody who even comes close to such a fucking impressive legacy, what they left us. Because, you know, look, again, I, I know with a band uh, with a band like Talking Heads again, very people either love them or they hate them, and that's fine. Um, but there are so many people who cite David Byrne as being like wholly influential because he wasn't just a guitarist; he was an artist. There's that whole like art rock concept where he's like, he's not just a musician; he's more than that. And it, again, it, it goes even deeper. Same with Madonna. Madonna is uh, a, a sex symbol and icon. Use like the term like she's. She's uh she's past present uh, active like adjective fucking verb noun like it, it's it's so interesting that you have somebody who found these folks or at the very least saw something and recognized that immediately right and put them gave them a, a platform to be able to release music at a time when it was like everybody wanted the label and not to say that like there weren't failed experiments you you know obviously I mentioned the Dead Boys. Like that was a that was a failure because it showed the ugly side of, you know, punk rock and the implosion of that culture mixed with drugs and all that shit. But still, Young, Loud and Saudi is a fucking amazing fucking punk record. It's raw as fuck. It's great. You know, boys from Cleveland tearing shit up. You know, it's just to me, it's I, I, I still don't think that there is any label exact who has had the strongest legacy and impact on the mu- music community at large than Seymour Sun. We, and we've only mentioned like the heavy hitters, like people forget, like we're talking, if we stretch in and Seymour Stein retired in 2018, so he was still active with the label. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm sure he wasn't signing every artist under the sun. He, you know, obviously you have A and R guys for that, but you know, they Tegan and Sarah, the first big record they had in the U.S. The Con came out in 2007. Oh that yeah, on, that was on Sire. Uh, the first you know bigger U.S. hits that him had that dark, dark light, like that record came out on Sire. Um, you know, Bare Naked Ladies had a few records on Sire. Uh, that's what people don't like. He Mastodon, Regina Spector, uh, Taking Back Sunday released a record on Sire. I think maybe two. Um, yeah, he what his fingerprints are the label. The label is his fingerprint. So even if some of those later bands that I just dropped, um, you know, the Hives, like we're all it's all these bands that like we heard even growing up in our teen years and listen to that they were even you know they were involved with sire records and if that doesn't say anything like knowing the right people to put in charge to sign these bands and obviously being at the helm and signing all the bands that we've just been talking about you know it's i think we need to put a little more respect on some of these people in the music industry's names that aren't musicians because without seymour stein do the ramones i'm sure someone would have signed the ramones but what would it have looked like? What? Yeah, they, I, it's so interesting to think because, man, it is just a different world without Sire Records. Well, it's like it begs that it's it's kind of that same concept as like even some of those UK bands, right? Where it's like, all right, take a band like New Order, for example, right? You had Factory Records, which was, for all intents and purposes, a clusterfuck of an indie label, right? Take something like the Smiths, Rough Trade. They were obviously releasing music in the way that they knew how. Seymour saw that and saw an opportunity. Let's blow this thing wide open. This is a talented group of of homies (laughs) that are releasing insane alternative rock like well i don't even know how the fuck you want to categorize it music they're releasing great music so to have this mindset of like understanding and appreciating the diy ethics and ethos and like how it's done but seeing that there's a future and that that somebody's marketable it's like i don't know like i I think that is almost something that like a lot of people be like oh yeah he just in in inherently possessed that uh quality um, I, I think it's I think it's absolutely wild to me. Just be, even even those later even those later ones. You mentioned Tegan and Sarah, Canadian Canadian duo for for again for all intents and purposes. The con up to that point was the biggest record, dude. I remember hearing uh, in your head or well, I just went back in your head, back in your head. I remember hearing that in SUNY Plattsburgh in the fucking cafeteria because there was like the MTVU station that they piped in the cctv and it was like i remember seeing the two of them watching the music video i was like what the fuck is this this is great alternative music right this is awesome and it's wild that it's like same fucking label because again someone saw that someone gave me the opportunity and if it wasn't for you know seymour stein uh co-founding this in what do you say 63 66 66 okay three years later regardless this was found in the fucking 60s that's incredible that's incredible to me i still also would have loved to have been a fly in the wall when al jorgensen sat down seymour 
I would have loved to have seen what that interaction was like. Oh, God, because are we are we talking like they're transitioning from like the new wave outfits to like we're an industrial band now? You know what I'm saying? Like because right. obviously Twitch wasn't fully it, it, it wasn't full they weren't fully formed, but they were fucking getting there. You know what I mean? So like I would right. love to have seen what that interaction would, but um no, it just inc- it's fucking incredible. It blows my fucking mind. Even even the, those bands that you were mentioning, I don't care if it's they released, they signed a one label uh, deal, two label deal, whatever. Like, I still think that to a certain degree, if you ask some of those artists, especially that are still active now, regardless of how successful it was and the releases were through Sire, I still would be willing to bet that they would acknowledge like that's fucking rad. I was signed to Sire Records, right? Even if it was just for for a fucking a one, you know, two record deal, three record deal, whatever. Even if it was just like, oh, it's a single shot, whatever, one off. Like, I think it's incredible. It's got the, these people got to have some insane stories, you know. I, I think it's I think it's important to I, uh, I'm gonna read a couple of these tributes that um people gave that were involved and had a relationship with Seymour Stein. So Monty, Monty Melnick, who was a longtime mm-hmm. road manager and regular manager and fucking caretaker for the Ramones. Um, he he posted these are all Instagram posts. I, I think it's important to read these. Uh, very sad to hear that a giant in the record industry has passed away. Seymour Stein always had his finger on the pulse of different music scenes over the years. The Ramones and I always loved and respected him. He will be missed. Johnny Marr from the Smiths. R.I.P. Seymour Stein, legendary record executive, signed me to Sire Records in 1984 and bought me my my red 355 from 48th Street to seal the deal. Worked with the Drifters, Rolling Stones, and Shangri-Las. Discovered Talking Heads, Ramones, Madonna. Well done, Seymour, and thank you, my friend. And I was very happy to see some of these older artists pay tribute. Um apologies these next two are going to be a little longer um but i think they're important echo and the bunny men posted seymour stein was one of the good ones he could spot something great and or potentially great in a few first bars in many cases and sometimes he'd wait for the chorus before he decided if it was any good or not he had taste a word not usually associated with a record company boss and he had he had edge and he loved music and his its rawness because it was more real like that. The artists he signed to Sire kept their identities by and large, which is another big reason Seymour was so great. He knew why punk had to happen and the way that became a platform for the indie and college alternative music scene, which were easily the best times. The years were when things changed in the music business finally and new music was being played everywhere. We, the Bunnymen, ever had the whole indie alternative music scene which were easily the best times the years did i just fucking read that no yeah sorry (laughs) alternative uh alternative world was taking off and taking over and seymour played a massive role in the growth of the genre of the music that was more diverse than anything before and it was being heard because of college radio and the network of stations that were spouting up sprouting up across all across america i think i'm only realizing now how exciting and amazing the times were seymour stein was the man who signed the ramones exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. <laughs> incredible ears he had and he got it obviously 
I wish I was j- just beginning his sire. I, w- I wish he was just beginning his sire days. I could have learned so much from him. Good night. God bless Seymour. I'm proud to have known you, Mac XXX. And finally, and uh, apologize for my uh, seventh grade reading level here. Um, Madonna, I was elated and very proud that she made a nice lengthy post. So bear with my fucking um, Billy Madison pure ass. Uh, Seymour Stein has left us I need to catch my breath He was one of the most influential men in my life He changed and shaped my world I must I stalked a DJ named Mark Kamen For a year at a club called Dancer Dance Terria Fucking 80s club names (laughs) In the early 80s I said that not her Uh, In the early (laughs) 80s he finally agreed To play my demo of a song called Everybody on a Saturday night the club was packed, and a r man from Sire Records was there, Michael Rosenblatt. I'm definitely very familiar with that name. Mm-hmm. He heard the music and asked me if I could, if he could bring me to his boss, Seymour Stein. I couldn't get the words hell yes out of my mouth fast enough. Unfortunately, Seymour was in the hospital for a heart element. I don't care. Let's go. When I met him, he was laying in a hospital bed wearing his boxer shorts and a wife beater. He had a canula canula i don't know what the fuck canula is Lou. he had a canula up his nose and a saline drip in his arm and if i'm saying canula wrong you can criticize me he was grinning like a cheshire cat i was carrying a giant boom box ready to play my cassette for him immediately he smiled and laughed when he saw me and asked if i related to the virgin if i was related to the virgin mary ha 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 i knew we would head it off I played him the song a few times. He signed me to his record label that day. The moment changed the course of my life forever. And he was the beginning of my journey as a musical artist. Not only did Seymour hear me, but he saw me in my potential. For this, I'll be eternally grateful. I'm weeping as I write this down. Words cannot describe how I felt at this moment after years of grinding and being broke and getting every door slammed in my face. Anyone who knew Seymour knew about his passion for music and his impeccable taste. He had an ear like no other. He was intense, wickedly funny, a little bit crazy, and deeply intuitive. Dearest Seymour, you will never be forgotten. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shine on. I mean, if that doesn't fucking tell you the legacy of this man when Madonna is saying shit like that, like, you can't have a better testament than the the words from all those artists. Come on now. It's uh so I'm I'm really glad that you read that post uh from Madonna. So I uh, I actually have something that Seymour wrote in his biography or his autobiography, Siren Song, um, My Life in Music, and it recounts that exact same interaction but from his perspective. So oh, if you will allow me, I will read this to you. Um it's 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 not as lengthy as I thought it was going to be here, but um, but I'll, I'll kick it off essentially from when he's recalling not having heard everybody. He has not yet heard this cassette, but he knows that Mark has heard it and he's played it and he's tested it out for the audiences and people respond to it. So he's he's currently in the hospital. Quote, 
I couldn't believe that I hadn't been played this demo yet. So I arranged for my secretary to send the cassette into Lenox Hill Hospital, where I duly slotted it into my Sony Walkman. As penicillin dripped into my heart, I lay there and listened to Mark's first find. I'm sure I was going nuts in that little room, but I immediately felt an excitement. I liked the hook. I liked Madonna's voice. I liked the feel, and I liked the name Madonna. I liked it all and played it again. I never overanalyzed or sucked the life out of whatever I instinctively joy. enjoy. I reached over and called up Mark. Can I meet you and Madonna? He called back saying they dropped by the hospital that evening. What? I know. I told her you were sick, but she really wants this. I just said, okay, see you this evening, and then hit all the panic buttons. Give me a pair of pajamas, I told my secretary. Oh, and send in a hairdresser as quickly as you can. Then I pushed the buzzer for the nurse assistants. Someone important is coming in. I need to wash. Can you unplug this drip while I have a shower? By the time Madonna walked in with Mark Kameness that evening, I had been fully briefed and tidied up by a team of ladies. Not that she really cared about my predicament. She'd come to get a record deal before some old record guy croaked, along with his check signing hand. She was all dolled up in cheap punky gear, the kind of the kind of club kid who looked absurdly out of place in a cardiac ward. She wasn't even interested in hearing me explain how much I liked her demo. She said, the thing to do now is to sign me to a record deal. She then opened her arms and laughed. Take me, I'm yours. She was goofing around doing a Lolita routine because I was twice her age. Or maybe because I really was smiling back at her like a dirty old man. Because she didn't she didn't take those long she didn't take that long to cut through all the small talk and go straight in for the kill. Peering into the back of my head with those banana eyes, she said, and now you will give me the money. And there's obviously more to that, but that was like the excerpt that I wanted to read about her getting signed. And it was very interesting that kind of the dichotomy between those two, like her recalling it and like what he recalled in his autobiography. <laughs> very, very interesting. That's but so uh, great. it's great, right? But dude, those Madonna eyes staring into the back of my head. That's chilling. That's chilling, especially like pre first record Madonna, you know, eight, whatever. Like that's wild. Goosebumps, dude. Goosebumps. And you, you know, like it's, for any that's the thing too is like for anybody to any record executive like obviously you're going to have a different feeling towards a record executive that gave you your first deal but everything i'm i even like hunt and i wasn't hunting for it but you can't find a bad word about the guy he seemed like he was truly a real music fan it wasn't a sloppy slimy fucking record executive and that as i think what separates and definitely at the time separated him and sire records from the rest of the music industry yeah and that and that i think is even more a testament especially with a band like ramones which again you and i have talked endlessly about this we continue to talk about it endless, endlessly but even at the end of their stay with sire regardless of how sales were going regardless of of the ups and downs of their career the the swapping in and out of certain uh you know certain roster positions within the band itself i.e drums but uh regardless of all of those things i would still say that they there was still a relationship there because of how important not only seymour was to the ramones but the ramones were important to sire in the music community at large right. and that to me like i don't know i, I it, it, he he had faith regardless of the sales yes by the time we reached brain drain, it was like, all right, you know, 
maybe we're maybe we're 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 out of the woods here with this band and our relationship or whatever uh, and in moving into the 90s moving into this next decade like blah 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 regardless of that fact i still think it's fascinating that there to your point no one has a bad fucking thing to say about this guy everyone acknowledges and fucking respects what this person did for not only them but again even on the larger scale that legacy that he left like with the music community is is in it's insurmountable i i don't think you can name anyone else from from where he sat and what his job was and what he helped put in motion i don't think anyone comes fucking close maybe rick rubin from a fucking producer perspective but that's a whole other fucking can of goddamn worms you know what i mean it's 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 interesting to think because when you think about and I mean, Atlantic Records is like a whole nother thing. But I don't know, man, it's it's hard. I'm really hard pressed right now. And like I said, I'm biased because I'm such a mm-hmm. fucking and I and I'm not even like hot on the term, but like I'm such a fucking new wave like kid. Like like I only I drive to work every day. And I don't listen to podcasts on my way to work. I just listen to Sirius XM and I always put it on uh first wave because they're playing echo they're playing you know the smiths they're playing the cure and the plimsolls and fucking uh, you know a million fucking other bands but mostly sire record bands um mm-hmm. and it's you know i don't know if i can think of a label i love more artists from what what's What's also fascinating, and I know I know we're kind of bleeding into time here, but the one thing that I also found interesting, too, is when I really started exploring the replacements, I found it fascinating that not only was Seymour, you know, giving giving, you know, these different bands an opportunity to thrive, giving them a legitimate label. But if you let's say let's say you look at a record, a replacements record like Tim, who fucking is responsible for the production of that album? Tommy, Tommy fucking Ramon, that in and of itself, you're pulling from the ranks. It was no secret at that point in time when that record was put out that Tommy's like, I'm he was already out at that point. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I want to just I want to produce. I want to help put out music. I'll be in the background and to have somebody. I'm sure that was Seymour, if not somebody within the company, but still it's encouraging that like cross-pollination of like this is not only an experienced musician he's a fucking ramon but he also has production experience so regardless however you feel about the record as a whole i'm sorry kiss me on the bus obviously like bastards of young like that that record's mine it's huge tim is fucking great so i don't know that's my bit I i found that little piece also fascinating and not to fucking tread over something that we already discussed but to have faith in his partner to also work in tandem with him. She managed the Ramones again, finding them. That's a whole other fucking thing, but that level of trust, like that's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if anyone else comes close in that regard. So fucking fantastic. Yeah. I mean, we've pretty much, I mean, I mean, what more can you really say? It's just what well, I feel like when, when influence and what you've done is so great, you don't really need you want to say a lot of things and a lot of words about people, but you can sum it up pretty easily about mm-hmm. influence, character, finger on the pulse, 
and just and, and from what you know from what that going the bunnyman post said you know where where they said that it wasn't it, he, a lot of those bands really didn't change or compromise their sound. They developed, they evolved, but he wasn't the kind of guy that was like, clearly, I mean, the Ramones were on sire for so long. He wasn't like, well, produce a fucking hit record or I'm going to fucking drop you. They were mm-hmm. on sire until fucking brain drain was the last one, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, yeah. local local live, I, I guess. Okay. Local, All right. Like, I, or not local, yeah. Like, what what was had to have been the last release? I mean, technically, I think all the stuff and more might have been the last two releases. Well, yeah, because they they definitely had their contractual agreements with, and they pumped out some like comps. But I thought I always considered Brain Drain to be the end of the Sire era as far as studio right. records were concerned. Right. Um, but you might be right as far as like chrono- chronological releases. To, I'm, I'm guessing to fulfill contractual obligations. Right. It's right. like here's 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 comps. You know, like which whatever. Here's a live record, that, which makes sense. To to their credit, the Ramones. I mean, you could say whatever you want about it being called Radioactive Records, but that was Gary Kerfer's. Yeah. Their manager. Um, you know, their actual manager, not Monty, but their actual manager, not their tour manager slash handler that Monty was, but their manager who started that label. So they didn't, they were not in America. They were not on another label other than sire. Really? When you, you know, radioactive was started, you know, by their manager, like, come on now. It wasn't like they went to Atlantic or, or even anywhere else, but that it's, man, it, it's, it speaks like, you know, especially those lean years in the Ramones. You know what I mean? Those those mm-hmm. years where, you know, you weren't, they knew it wasn't going to be, they weren't going to be the next Beatles. Um, you know, they weren't. And for Seymour Stein to not cut bait, especially you talk 83, first Madonna record drops. Ramones mm-hmm. got subterranean jungle out. Like, how do you like that speaks? I think to him believing in what the, in, the, the, the influence of the Ramones was, and I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, d- maybe Madonna being signed to label allowed for, you know, him to be like, well, I can let the Ramones just do whatever they want. Like, right. Um, so, I, I mean, I can't say, I mean, it's not much more to say, man. He is just, it's so important. It, it, it sucks that he's gone, but 80s, not a bad run. Um, I wouldn't, especially a life that he lived, uh, Obviously, uh, we don't want to be talking about this because he passed, but uh, that's not a that's not a bad, bad tab to pay after uh, signing all these great artists and starting, in my opinion, probably the greatest American uh, record label um, that there ever was. So, fuck. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Seymour. Yeah. Thank you, Seymour fucking Stein. Thank you, Linda. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, anybody, anybody and everybody that was involved with that label and making it uh, definitely, you know, the fandom is still there. Like I said, they're, you know, you got bands that were started, you know, 
they're got their start on that label that are out there selling out fucking stadiums right now. <laughs> Depeche Mode's fucking still doing it. Um, can't really fuck, man. Okay, what's your real quick? If you had to say, you know, and it doesn't have to be limited to just Ramones records, even though I know it'd be hard pressed <laughs> to. Not, what, are, what are immediately when I say Sire Records? What are the three records? We'll end it on this. Okay. What are the three records you think of when I say Sire Records? When you say Sire Records, I think immediately of Ramones self-titled, Madonna self-titled, and uh, fuck now I'm now I'm overthinking it. I'll go with I'll go with Tim by the Replacements. That's like what, those are those three because I, that's just that's it for that's it for me when I think of Sire Records, the epitome of of fucking what what they uh, released into the wild, so to speak. How about yourself? Uh yeah, it's easy for me. I gotta go Ramon self-titled. I gotta I gotta go uh Madonna True Blue just because I that was the first Madonna record I ever heard. We've, yeah, Madonna. we've we've talked about we've gone back and forth because you're the true blue. I know you're hyper into true blue, and I'm like hyper like first record, self-titled yeah. Madonna, like huge. Anyway, continue. Sorry. And then Talking Head 77, baby. Dude, debut albums from the 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 crew the new york city crew dude that's wild seriously even though i do love that uh johnny johnny uh in uh ramon's raw i do love that he he had to he had to point out that talking heads were in a true new york band i mean they formed in new york I know, or, yeah. or they you know they they got their start in the new york scene but he's just like well they went from new york they they live college kids they're fucking like, college like, kids they met in Rhode Island and they were he's just like it was uh, we're art school. Then they came to New York. They found it in New York. He's just like, but they aren't. <laughs> we're New York. Not that like uh, a <laughs> fucking, cr- fucking curmudgeon, <laughs> classic curmudgeon job. I fucking, love it. fucking love it, dude. Fucking love it. Legend. Uh, man, what a fucking what a fun time, uh, albeit the shitty circumstances. But man, I fucking love Sire Records. Yeah. Fucking Sire will never die simply based on the fact that they've influenced countless amounts of individuals such as yourself, countless amount of fucking bands, um, and especially the bands that are su- still successful to this day. They will always have a Sire will always have a uh, spot in any, everyone's fucking heart that's been impacted by them. So a- as I can guess anyway, I can't say that with a, a level of certainty, but from the response that we've heard, even the, the shit that we, you know, both you and I had looked up and um, it just seems like it was, it epitomized, um, the the state of music at that time and it's incredible it's incredible to me absolutely last thing have you have you seen any of those 40th anniversaries of the ramones uh lps um i have not i think other than just like listings online um i the my discography is limited to just like some of the the generic represses original pressings and or the rhino stuff when it comes to the cds I'm going to I'm going to send you a couple of the layouts because they're all gatefold. But when you gatefold them open, all the CDs have the are beautiful Sire record logos covering all the CD, the the CD disc art and everything. And they're really they're really nice. And obviously that logo is so uh, iconic. Uh, I'll send you pictures of them because they're really it's really fucking cool. Yes, yeah, send that. And I know you and I have talked about it specifically with like Pleasant Dreams, but what was really cool that Rhino did when they did the whatever it was, uh, their release of it, 
um, that like reissue, not only were the tracks on there, but they had like the alternative, like cover, like art, the cover art, what it was supposed to be. Um, but also like it, it works in like the sire stuff in a different way. It's, it's, it's right. really, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. We got, you know, you know what you and I need to do and I'll start kind of scouring around. I want to see if there's any like, you know, random ass raggedy fucking like long sleeves or hoodies that some, some asshole, you know, kept in their garage since like, you know, the, the late eighties of like sire records, like just find some old merch floating around that, you know, somewhere so, there's gotta be somewhere. Some dusty fucking some dusty head has got it that he's selling it for way too much fucking money. But it's like, come on, dude. Like, you know what you've got, you know it's valuable. You know, fucking Sire Records never gonna die at this point. Just it's it's become too ingrained into to what we now know as far as music, at least in this gener you know, our current generation right now. So a thousand percent. Well, all right, man. This is fucking a blast. Um anybody that's listening, you can find Lou at instagram at burger creek productions and lou is there anything else you would like to plug sure i will plug my band uh lurking class uh at lurking class band on instagram um we're currently working on completing our first full-length record today we've got nine tracks out um but you know new touring season is upon us we're getting ready to essentially start our third third year of existence um, so keep an eye out on the Instagram. That's essentially where we communicate info when it comes to shows. Um, we also got a little fun movie podcast, Indecisive Opinions, where literally the three of us talk about movies. Um, so yeah, if you if you enjoy any of the the content hosted here, uh, Sight and Sound, you know, by Harkot Media, just, uh, Jesse is the goat when it comes to podcasting and kind of setting things in motion as far as in our our realm is concerned, whether it's uh, music, movies fucking just in general artist relations talking about records having these types of conversations um it's 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 runoff we're the cheap inversion of heart god here over at indecisive opinions but no, no, um, not at all. <laughs> but uh but seriously though like um i can't thank you enough i know you had made a joke I, the last time you and i talked was the record review for 2022 we did like our yes, top records yes. for the year and you made a joke like this was the only time that i had gotten out of the podcast but i'm saying it right now fucking March, 2023. I do want to do, or April, 2023. I'm sorry. Um, I do want to do this more because this is always a lot of fun, whether it's a zoo, whether if it's just you and I talking, um, you know, if for some reason you can get fucking BT out of goddamn back cave or, you know, literally if, if it's just you and I having these conversations, I always enjoy doing it. So I want to, I definitely want to do that more this year with you because it's always a fucking blast. So thank you for, for allowing me to for both of us to have conversations about someone that's near and dear to us. It's always fucking awesome. So thank you. 100% man. Uh, yeah. You know where to find us at heart guy media on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and yeah, links in the motherfucking bio. Um, so check it. 